0: Okay, good morning, Faith Fellowship. Morning. If you have your Bible, be turning to 1 Samuel chapter 3. We are moving along in this uh, process here, of getting through 1 Samuel, taking our time, and that's good. <laughs> we need to do that at times, just take our time and see what it is God is saying here. And so, you know, what we came out of, if you haven't been with us, uh, I got to do a couple of plugs. One, now for the fellas in here, let me just say for any guy that's not in the Bible study, what week is this of this month? The first week. So that means the guy's Bible study is meeting. And in particular, that's going to mean that we're going to meet in the boiler room. So all men, if you are not a part of a Bible study, you are invited Okay, we start at seven and uh, we'll go and we're studying in 1 Corinthians. Nate, what chapter of 1 Corinthians are we in now? Chapter four, okay? So chapter four, you are welcome. All guys, ladies, sorry. I don't know what you're gonna do. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta wait till next week. Um, the The other thing that I wanted to say is if you have been following us, for those of you that are online, Um, And those of you in the room that are maybe new to us, we do have this series, Our Samuel series is going to be on the first and the third month. And then on the second, we have Psalm Sunday. And then on the fourth, Pastor James takes us through uh, the book of um, of Jonah. And so, um, yeah, it's a good time to be in faith fellowship because God is moving and God is doing some amazing things by his word now. Now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about a review just from what we saw the last time we were together. We were talking about biblical correction because, well, it happens. (laughs) It's necessary. God says a lot about it, whether he's talking about it as it relates to children. And And a lot of us, when we think of correction, that's what we tend to go to is that. And then oddly enough, you may even leapfrog into church discipline. Like there's a kind of an understanding of, you know, this... Oh, this happens too, but what about in the middle? Well, you know, we were talking about good leaders because this series is going to have a bent of let's point out the things that make for good leadership qualities. And one of those things uh, would be that leaders respond to biblical correction. So there are times that there are things going on in your life that maybe a leader or the Lord himself uh, is pointing out. And you absolutely want to do that and so I'm not going to spend a lot of time going over it. I just wanted to tell you that there was an um, ability for us to look at it from an authoritative view as Eli was rebuking his sons Um, and those verses were chapter 2 22 through 25 and then we kind of see just a quick blurb about Samuel and just his faithfulness and now in this chapter we'll be talking about him more But then also there was an opportunity, the man of God shows up and rebukes Eli. And so you see that in the 27 to 36. And so our our last key point of that whole deal was no response to correction is the worst response. Like there's a lot of times that the Lord is is sending a lifeline of opportunity, really. The Lord is never just satisfied with you being in a constant state of uh, out of bounds with him. You know, and so whether it is the lifeline of the gospel itself or if it's just a lifeline for correction in order to help you to be right with him, he desperately wants you to be right with him. And so it's something that if we're going to be good leaders, guys, it needs to be um, it needs to be important to us that we would seek to be right with our Lord, you know. And so if we're right with our Lord, then we're going to be good with everybody else. Uh, He will settle those matters for us. But now now we're transitioning. And now we're in a chapter that is extremely critical for really not just Samuel, but for Israel. And ultimately for David, (laughs) you know, it's like this kind of introduction to this. And so that's going to come from our text. If you have your Bible there already, first Samuel, chapter three, we're just going to look at verses one through ten this morning. And so uh, let's read that and then we'll get into it. It says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, here am I, for thou calledest me. And he said, I called not lie down again and he went and lay down and the Lord called yet again Samuel and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here am I for thou didst call me and he answered, I called not my son lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie, down, go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak for thy servant heareth. And so what do we have here? What's happening? Okay, so ultimately the backdrop of this is the spiritual state of the priesthood is much like the physical state of Eli. It's old and it lacks vision. And that's not, you know, I'm not saying that to be funny, but that's really where it's at. There is a very interesting thing that it just says at the very beginning. It kind of tips his hat to it. When it says, "And the word of the Lord was precious in those days, and, and there was no open vision," and we'll, and I won't take the time right here to uh, explain that, but we will look at, you know, what does that mean? And so there is something amiss, awry in Israel, and it's tied to the priesthood. Now, if you've been following with us in 1 Samuel, you know that it talks a great deal about Eli and his sons and just how they acted. And that was one of the issues of that biblical lack of biblical response in the last chapter was when Eli says to his sons, hey, uh, what you're doing is wicked. There's no response. There's no change. And then when the man of God shows up, Eli also. There's no response. There's no change. And so now we have it that we're right here. And the thing that the, the, the people of God need to take great comfort in is, is that the Lord will not rest on his end to make sure that things get corrected. So Samuel is a part of that. And the interesting thing, again, I have to, man, for our parents in here, I have to keep reminding you, Hannah had no idea Samuel was gonna be this, none. The thing that she did was just faithfully attend upon the Lord and then basically turn that kid back over to the Lord. The Lord took the kid. So parents, it's the same. Man, you can helicopter parent all you want, but really turn them back over to the Lord. Make sure that they know who he is. Make sure that you have the right example before them. It matters. And so here we are with a child that at least, as the Bible says, was loaned back to Eli and the the priest's office. And now this child is growing up in a home, guys. (laughs) That would make Jerry Springer blush. I mean, the things that are taking place in the name of the Lord in that household are horrendous. And those things are described for you in the previous chapter. If you haven't read it, you should go back and take a look at it. So if the spiritual state of the priesthood is like the physical state of Eli, then what effect is that having? Well, the word of God is rare and the people lack vision. Remember, there's a point that the people now are starting to despise even coming to the temple. They don't want to have anything to do with it. Now, you okay, Growing leaders, um, the Lord does not take it lightly when his chosen misdirect his children that is huge and you can often see that a lot of times not we don't have to mention but you see when pastors that have great names and there's a great revelation of what's going on and the lord brings them down some die they lose the office and the thing that's left in the wake is always the people and god as much as he loves that individual and it saddens him to see his son in those roles It saddens him to watch his people drift away from him as well. So you have to understand that this is a big deal to the Lord in order to restore Israel to a place where they have an eye and ear for the Lord and the things of the Lord, right? He can't leave it undone. He can't just say, well, I'm mad at Eli, and I'm, well, good luck, guys. No, that's not how the Lord handles things. And so there is this lack of vision amongst the people, We have somebody in office that needs to be thrown out. And there was a conversation that the Lord had that is very. um, Matter of fact, with Eli previously. If you haven't read it, you definitely should read that. So what needs to happen as a result of this effect? People lack vision. What needs to happen? Well, Israel needs a key man to deliver the word of the Lord. Like that's at this point, this is what, why, because this is how the, the, this dispensation functions very highly where you have prophets and you have priests. And so the Lord wants that to be there in order to make sure that the, the opportunities for the people of God to have clear direction from God. Does that make sense? So you need to have this in place. It's not there right now. And yet something very beautiful is happening in the background. I'm telling you this morning, I'm just very encouraged by somebody that doesn't have to have right scenarios in order to be righteous. So our chief concern then is what? A lack of vision will lead to a directionless life. A lack of vision will lead to a directionless life. Oftentimes, if you don't have any vision, what happens is you're just listless. You're just out there. And this is why you can just look at having like no vision in your life, and you don't really know what's going on. And work, if that's going to be the thing that's going to fulfill you, oh boy, that's the, about the worst thing <laughs> to try to fulfill you. But you can see why our kids are the excuse me, younger generations struggle because now they've watched their parents work in jobs that they came home and said they hated, and so now they're like, I gotta find something that fulfills me, and come on, man. It's, you know, I don't like to mock the youth because I love them, but uh, that's dumb. Work is work. Let work be work. So you gotta you got to figure it out. You know, sometimes people do it in people. Sometimes people do it in, 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 in drugs and alcohol and sex and any of those types of things. You're just, finding, you're just trying to figure out who you are, what your identity is. Well, I'm here to tell you that the Lord has already set that for you if you know him. And if you don't, he still said it because he's like, well, you need to come to me and I'll tell you what the plan is. Our outline now. Oh, before I get to that. So here's the thing that we run the risk of. Then the danger is that we try to manufacture vision by activity alone, mm-hmm. and this becomes dangerous for the believer. Is you now you just you just come in the church, but it's like autopilot. You involved, man. I remember a time that that was absolutely the case for me. It's like you learn the lingo when you go to the Living Faith Family or Churches. There is the lingo. You learn it because we have great preachers and pastors that teach you the word of God. And so you learn how to dance the dance of uh, I'm good, stop asking me questions about my life because I'm kind of involved. I'm here. (laughs) It's Sunday, it's Tuesday. Oh, you stepped up in your your level of facade, right? (laughs) Like, Oh, it's Tuesday, I'm here. Tuesday. The danger is to manufacture vision by activity alone. Listen, that is not the point. It's just activity. Does God love that and honor that? Absolutely. He loves it. He wants you to be a symbol with the body. Because now I can hear you You're like, yes, Dale said I don't have to come to Tuesday. No, I did not. <laughs> Tuesday. The food starts at 5:30. Service starts at 7. It's packed here because I think the majority of the individuals that are there not only are in ministry and leadership, but they understand that day moves what the church is doing. Critical day of worship. Tuesday. Join us. I don't know what we're having. Sam will tell you. (laughs) It's Chick-fil-A. Praise the Lord. (laughs) But don't just come for that. Okay, so. If the danger is that to manufacture vision by activity alone, well then now we kind of need to look at really, we need to have an activity versus intimacy. And that's going to come off the back of leadership, knowing something. I do want you to understand some. Leadership does require doing the work of God. We're going to see that from verses one through six. like that has to happen. But now understand this, leadership requires intimacy with God. You don't see that in verse 7? And in 8 through 10, leadership requires listening to God. Because the thing that we don't want to do is just be individuals that are like robotically trying to serve the Lord. It's gross to him. It's offensive to him. And it's purposeless for us. And what will happen Is the minute you have any kind of trouble in your life, because that's all you have now kind of scheduled your life to be, is these activities, you will stop coming. Then it's like we're trying to beg you to be here. Right. And so let's get into it. Of that first verse there, when we're looking at first Samuel. And uh, it says, and the child ministered unto the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. Now, something just to take of note, we know that he is a child. Uh, The historian Josephus says that actually at this point that Samuel was probably 12, which kind of makes sense for that transition of responsibility that we're going to see towards the end of this chapter uh, later on when we're studying this. But we know just from earlier accounts and even just what it says in the the very first verse and the child Samuel, right? So in terms of what the Lord is saying that he is, is this is what he is. what can we learn from that? Listen, he works within the limitations of his age and knowledge. Why is that important? Because he doesn't waste time comparing himself to Eli's boys, because he's like a son. He's being raised by Eli. And the thing that can be very um, frustrating for you is sometimes some of you are very excited about being involved, and you look at somebody else, and you so want to be there that you're not paying attention to where you're standing right at the moment. So you miss the moment of what it is to learn where you're at. And I love that just simply he has these like one-liner verses. It just tells you what he does. He ministered unto the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's not a whole lot to it. It's not all this detail. And then he did this and he has all of these folks that he. Nope. (laughs) I like how the Lord just simplified it. But then also you don't see him pining for something else. Listen, believer. Be where you're at. Pay attention to what it is that God has you in right now. You are exactly where you are supposed to be. Second Corinthians 10, 12 says, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. It's just not wise to do that. You don't have to worry about what somebody else is doing and or not doing. You just make sure that you're engaged, that you're in tune, that you like, man, okay, Lord, right now, I need to be in new members class. When is that coming? Okay, I'm signing up. I'm going to go to that. And that's okay. Guys, do you know that there are individuals that have come in this church that I will meet for the very first time? And this one cat just said, I said, man, how you doing? I could see he's kind of fidgeting around and jumping up, and he's excited. I said, man, how you doing? He introduced himself, gave me his name, and he's like, I think I've been called to preach. I was like, whoa. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I barely remember your name, let alone like, and I said to him what I learned from Pastor Dan Renault. I said, you know what, man? Uh that's great. Praise the Lord. Uh why don't you just come back next week (laughs) and you know, bring a, a notepad and a closed mouth and just sit here and see if you even want to be a part of what we're doing. I never saw him again. See, what is it about this desire to have something more than whatever God gave you? Do you know what that communicates to him? As if you actually know what you need. Guys, in this time the thing that is dangerous scary even but man I'm just I'm I'm encouraged by what God is doing because when it says precious when you think precious man you think ah yes the sweetness of no it's rare like it's not around a lot and the fact that it mentions that there's no open vision is like basically there's no prophet that the people are going to be standing in front of on some kind of regular basis, hearing from the word of God, like what the direction is. So now what do you think people are doing? Whatever, whatever comes to mind. And at this point, temple worship is soured in their minds. And sadly enough, it would have been an automatic response anyways. Like this is not a good place for Israel to be in. This is why this whole structure of what God is doing. He's like, man, we got to just change it. We got to start over here. Punt. And so you're not getting this divine communication. And then notice that simple verse. Again, I, I would implore you to really pay attention to the simplicity of just being in the pocket with the Lord. It simplifies your life. It can be defined in a sentence. And Samuel ministered unto the Lord. Man, when you start adding all this other nonsense that you're doing to it, it, makes your life more complex. And so now let's look at Eli. Just in a few verses down in verse 2, it said, And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim, he could not see. In 1 Samuel 4:15, it says that he's 98. So maybe right here, you know, he's less than that or around that time or whatever but essentially the one thing is in Job 17 7 boy this uh this one you know verses just slap you around a little bit here's one mine eye also is dim by reason of sorrow and all my members are as a shadow boy didn't he have things to be sorrowful in his life looking at his boys I mean, just you know, there's a lot of parents in here, and even for me, as this you know, kind of spiritually having to parent this group, you know, when I'm looking out and I see things happening, yeah, it sometimes it can break my heart. For parents in here, you're looking at your kids and you're seeing the things that they're going after. You're like, no, don't do that, and it breaks your heart, right? Boy, is his eye also dim because of reason of sorrow? Contrast this with Moses says something very interesting about him in Deuteronomy 34 7 says, And Moses was 120 years old when he died, and his eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. Now, isn't that interesting? <laughs> Little Eli is just 98. Moses is super old. <laughs> you know, you don't know anybody 120 years old. And his eye is not dim. Why? Because, boy, Moses, even though, yeah, he has that misstep. Moses was about the Lord's business. And so, guys, there's some things you can learn here. Get this down. You can keep your health just by continuing in the work God has for you. Mm-hmm. So, you let the Lord be the one to be the, the end of your timeline, not you, with foolish choices, especially like alcoholism and drug abuse and things of that nature, right? Or just, you know, being reckless with your life, your choices. Like, you want to live the kind of life that says, man, the Lord is keeping you alive. Why? Because you're profitable for expanding the kingdom. Man, this guy is dim because, you know what, what? What good is he at this point? If we're being honest, what is he providing? He won't correct. He mentioned to his boys of what they were doing, but he did nothing to pull them from that role. I mean, guys. Let the Lord be the one that keeps you. And and that doesn't mean that you're going to have perfect health as he keeps you. That don't mean you won't have scary hospital visits. That That doesn't mean you won't have scary diagnosis from doctors. But absolutely, if your priority is the Lord's work, then he will keep you. He wants you there. Man, we have a varying degree of ages in this class, praise the Lord. And it really just serves to be an opportunity for us to watch and and care for each other and and pray for one another as we're going through different things. It's okay, man. Listen, bring those those prayers so that we can pray for those things. But at the end of the day, be about your father's business. Man, Eli is growing old, and the Lord is like, and your vision, because you have no vision anyway, son, so I'm going to just take it. You see what I mean? How sad that is. This is the high priest. He's God's key man. And now, man, he's just like a a shell of himself. Believer, don't let that be you. Don't let whatever you did when you got saved and you were zealous for the Lord, remember that? When you annoyed everybody in your family, where everything that was going on and you were just so just happy to be saved and you're trying to get a whole world saved. What happened, believer, that, that you lost that? And now we're about to just activity it to death? I got my, my sign-up sheet, my time card, Lord says Sundays and Tuesday and Bible study on it. Is that good? Are you happy with that? I'm not doing anything else. Don't ask me to do anything else. Last thing of defining the moment that we're in, and this is in the air and air, the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep. Now, I just want to point out, I'm not going to make a big deal about it, but the scripture reference and it's the first one is kind of interesting concerning the lamp of God. Because now I'm just going to tell you, I had me and Blue Letter about to fight over this because... The way that they are trying to uh, paint this picture is that it's not really a detail that matters that much. But we know God's word. And we know if he put it in there, it means something. So now there are two ideas that could be here. One is just a definer of time so that we understand that it's a time for Samuel to be asleep. But that scripture reference, I'm going to read it to you. You do what you want to with that. But I'm going to read you what it says because it says in er, the lamp of God. And if you type in lamp of God, you, it's one time right here. Okay. So I just go with me here. Exodus 27, 20 and 21. And now shall command the children of Israel that they bring the pure oil, olive beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn always. Does that say sometimes? No. It is a big deal that this says always. And it's a big deal that that lamp is out. Mm -hmm. Guys, Israel's in trouble. But more so, is your lamp out? Have you lost that fire? Are you trending towards autopilot? He goes on to say, in the tabernacle of the congregation without the veil, which is before the testimony, Aaron and his son shall order it from evening to morning before the Lord. It shall, you guys know how I feel about shall. Now for the visitors in here, we understand when you see that the word of God says shall, that means it's gotta happen. That's legalese. shall. It shall be a statute forever unto their generations on the behalf of the children of Israel. Guys, it matters that that lamp is out. I don't care what nobody's saying. <laughs> it matters. God put it in there. Compare that with, with this verse. I didn't put it in your PowerPoint. Write this down. Isaiah 62.1. Isaiah 62, one says, For Zion's sake, will I not hold my peace? And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. It's an incredible, incredible verse. And so, man, as we navigate and go through here and we see that Now is starting to be this conversation and don't miss that as the Lord is defining some things for you, he's shown you God's key man. He's shown you with the instruments of the tabernacle and what's happening with them. And now, boom, the Lord says, but it ain't over yet. Verse four, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. Guys, it matters. You got to know that the Lord will very much let you know the state of things but he is also always ready to change that state for his glory for his purpose and that can be a great comfort to you man when you think it's like all the chips are against you everything is bad and it's down and eli oh man he's gone uh, he's lost his sight and And he can't do what he does. And his wicked sons are running the show and nobody wants to go to their tabernacle. The Lord says, but I call Samuel. And he said, here am I. God is a great rescuer. Verse 5 says, and he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou calledest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again. Samuel and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Listen, for this first part of the activity and the place and the space that the Lord has given you, your key point is this. Very simply, you know it. Whatsoever you do, do heartily as unto the Lord. You don't have to worry about whether myself or Pastor James or Pastor Sam is man, you just make sure that what you're doing in the space and place that you're in, that is where Samuel is. And even though the Lord for the reader is letting us know what the situation for Israel is, man, the man of God answered and said, here am I. And you could be that same individual. But you listen, you got to do the work. You got to do the work. Man, don't just phone it in. Like be engaged. Be grateful for that the fact that you have a church that has a lot of avenues and ways that it matters that you're on security. It matters that you're at the information counter. It matters if you're at the altar. It matters if you disciple. It matters if you preach. It matters if you go to the jail. It matters. Are we about furthering God's kingdom or are we just trying to phone something in? Guys, this has eternal value. Even when you greet somebody, do you know people go into churches and they can slide in and out and nobody said anything to them? And you get an opportunity to say hi to them. Ask them how they're doing. Some of y'all are even going to go as far as have lunch. Some of y'all are going to say, hey, we're having Bible study tomorrow. What are you doing tomorrow? When to come to Bible study? No, weirdo. <laughs> not all of them will say it. Some of them will say, yes. So was I phoning it in when I just made an invitation? Is that menial? It's not menial. It matters. What you're doing matters, guys and so listen now we get to this very interesting point. The key verse in those first ten verses is this verse, because we need to understand something before we just um <laughs> knight Samuel. We can't verse seven now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. so what does that mean? Well now listen, we're not talking about in some way like like. Kind of how we would understand that. But the thing is, is he's a kid. He doesn't know the language of the Lord from the position of being prophet. He's never heard the Lord like that. The Lord had only really defined that for the prophet. So now he's clueless. That's why he's like, Eli, keep, man, are you playing a game with me? Like, what are we doing here? You just <laughs> you're gonna keep all of name. I'm going to come in here and you're going to say, hey, it wasn't me. And now we just back and forth in the bed. I'm, but boy, I love his urgency. I love his urgency. Guys, pay attention. Verse 5 says, and he ran unto Eli. Ran. Matthew Henry paints a picture that his bedroom is probably close to Eli's so that his loving care for Eli, because he's like a father figure, is that he wants to serve him. And so he needs to be close by so that he could, hey, if you need something, hey, I'll, I'll get it for you. You know, I got you. Like, that's Samuel's heart. Guys, we can learn a ton like that. Do we treat our pastors like that? Or are we like, oh, here he comes. I know, I know, Bible study. I got it, yeah. Discipleship, all that, yeah. Or are you attentive? Are you looking for them? <laughs> Sometimes you know it's like you want to just lock eyes with them. Like you need me for something. You good? Okay. Man, do you have hearts like that? Now I know you don't do me like that because you know some of you do. When I look at you, you're like, "Hey, you need something?" No, I'm good. Just checking. <laughs> you know, praise the Lord. It's a good thing, man, to have that kind of heart. But now we're here in this spot, and it says this: Jeremiah nine twenty four. But let him that glory glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. At the base level, this is what Samuel knows. He knows there's a Lord and he knows he's to be served and to be ministered to. And maybe I don't know your voice, but I'm just going to obey in the spot until I need to know more. Guys, it would do us very well to be in that spot. But now listen, this is where and no no praise or glory for MBT, but praise the Lord that you're in a church that can move you from that base level of knowledge into a greater knowledge for deeper understanding of who the character of God is, because that's really what God wants for you to know him. Listen, there's just a simple viewpoint you have to have. And maybe you got to address this morning for yourself. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Boy, sometimes if you got daddy issues, the Lord gets the uh, also suffers in our minds because we kind of will project whatever dad didn't or did do, the Lord gets the same viewpoint. And I'm just here to tell you that he is a loving father that desperately wants to know who you are. And it wasn't good enough for Samuel just to be in the activity. Now he's like, son, I want you to know who I am so that I can speak directly to you. So our key point is this then, the Lord is more interested in you And not only what you can do for him. The Lord is more interested in you. Not only and not only what you can do for him. I mean, you know, the issue is, is like. Sometimes we get so worried about what what am I going to do for the Lord? What am I going to do for the Lord? Hey, just know the Lord and he'll tell you. He'll tell you. Don't worry about it. I've heard people that are like, you know, you ask them to come to church sometime, they're like, I don't want to be a pastor. I'm like, whoa, again, time out. Why do people be making these leap, quantum leaps? Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? It's like, whoa, man. I didn't even say nothing about discipleship yet. I'm just saying, come and, well, you know. And maybe it's because there's a tug. The Lord has been tugging on their heart. And they're just like, I'm going to run away. Pastor James has been telling us about an individual who did that. Still didn't work out. (laughs) Still ended up where God wanted him to be. Don't take the long line at the DMV, y'all. Just get in the short line. It's fine. It's fine. Verse eight, last three. And the Lord called on Samuel again a third time and he rose and went to Eli and said, here am I for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Now, I love this and this is in Eli's offense. We don't want to, demonize him. He's got some poor choices and some, and some bad things that he did. And, uh, and ultimately, really what it comes down to, <clears throat> where the Lord's grace for him is, is he still allowed him to be in that, that position. Because, well, there are parts of him that are still beneficial. The way he treated uh, Hannah was actually quite lovely uh, in the end and his blessing of her her end up having children. Um, and then how he's taking care of Samuel. Like Samuel's content to be in that now. He knows the situation around him is kind of nasty, but you know, ultimately in terms of that relationship, like he's, hey, I'm good. I love Eli, right? And so the thing is this, there is an ignorance though that is present. Samuel as a, tri- a child is ignorant of the Lord's form of communication. And we understand this. Listen, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, and 12 says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, and get this, I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I also am known. See, the thing is, is Samuel's ignorant, not wicked, Okay. So you understand that when it says that, that he doesn't know him, that it's not talking about like, oh, and he's wicked. Because it said the same thing of Eli's sons. That's why I wanted to point that out. If you go back and look at it, it says the exact same thing, thing of them. They knew not the Lord. But we saw what they did with their ignorance. Eh, wicked. OK, so verse nine. Therefore, Eli said unto Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he call, call thee that thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant here. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And there's a couple, just for the sake of time, I want you to write these down. There's some verses that I was studying here. Some desire to hear the Lord speak to them. That's You'll see that in Psalm 85.8. Some desire to hear the Lord speak to them, but then some do not. And you know there's verses for that. <laughs> Exodus 20.19. Exodus 20 and 19. One of these I do want to read. In uh, Isaiah 6, 8, Samuel's not only ready to hear, but is ready to respond, y'all. In Isaiah 6, verse 8, it says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am, send me. Man, that's not just raising your hand up. That's raising your hand and you signed up. (laughs) Because listen, follow through is a big deal. And not a lot of people get to that point. They get excited. They get pumped up. But they don't ever get through it or get to it because they just flame out. And so... This incredible verse, as we finish it up, and the Lord came and stood and calls at another time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answers, speak for thy servant heareth. And boy, that reminded me of a verse you guys know very well, Revelations 320. Did you think that when I just read that? Where it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. See. He may not have said "Lord" because he remember Eli told him to say that, but he doesn't know the Lord like that. But he did say "Speak." So what is that? Well, he opened the door of his heart to allow the Lord in. Open the door of his heart. That was enough for the Lord to do the rest. In Habakkuk 2, one. it says, "I will stand upon my watch and set me up on the tower, and will watch to see what He will say unto me, and what I shall answer when I am reproved." And so, listen, there's our last key point. God's word will light our path. Again, you know it. Simple. If you want to not be one that's just toiling around and you're trying to check in and you're just doing this on autopilot, man, you have to let God's word be that. That is the way you're going to learn Him. The circumstances and situations that you presently find yourself in are designed for you to be desperate for the Lord's leading. You have to obey that. If you try to fight against it and manipulate it, you will only make matters worse. Stop it. Stop it. Guys, let us take these words from great pastor Matthew Henry. God calls many by the ministry of the word, and they say, as Samuel did, here am I. But not looking at God, nor discerning his voice in the call, the impressions of it are as soon lost. They lie down again, and their convictions come to nothing. And so listen, (laughs) I know that's like, please don't end on that note. (laughs) It's rough. But here is just the opportunity for us. That's the opportunity for us to respond. And perhaps it is, it's something that the Lord has going on. And perhaps you need to move from activity to intimacy so that that intimacy with God, where you know exactly who he is and what it is that he wants out of your life, that you will execute that. And then that you're asking, okay, help me because I don't know what to do here. Man, he will surely come to your rescue. He will light your path, but it's not going to come from your cereal matching up and floating and oh, God's work. No, that's that weirdo stuff. OK, he gave you his word, not alphabet soup, yeah. <laughs> you know, for you to like, oh, I see the Lord in a cloud. It must mean. No, it means nothing. That's a pretty cloud. What does God's word say? What does God's word say? And so next week, we're going to look at what he said <laughs> and how that's set up. What it is that Samuel will be doing going forward. Guys, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do just thank you for your word. And Lord, we just thank you for the example of these individuals that you have recorded their lives for our benefit. Father, I do pray that we would be people that are heartily attend upon what it is that you have for us. That Lord, that we would seek to have intimacy with you and not just try to fake it with activity. And that Lord, we would move into a space that just simply says, uh, Lord, I need your word to tell me what it is that we will be led. Lord, give us hearts that desire to be led by you. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.